1: You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living in today's world. Here is your
1: host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo. Welcome to The Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. Before we begin our program today, I wanted to comment that we recently passed our 11th anniversary of The Yoga Hour. The first show of The Yoga Hour was recorded on September 23rd of 2010. You can find links to many of the prior episodes on our website, theyogahour.com. You can also access our full archive at unityonlineradio.org. So check that out. Just amazing to think back that the show has been going for that many years, 11 years now. So. Today, we are discussing the life and teachings of Swami Sri Yukteswar, another of the revered teachers in our Kriya Yoga lineage. Once again, I'm delighted to be joined by the founder and spiritual director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Yogacharya O'Brien is the founder of this show. She is an acclaimed spiritual teacher, poet. Award winning author and a minister who has served seekers of spiritual enlightenment from all walks of life for over 40 years. She's the recent recipient of the 2021 New Thought Walden Award for Interfaith and Intercultural Understanding. She has published several books, including her latest book, The Jewel of Abundance Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga. A teacher in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, Yogacharya O'Brien serves people from all faith backgrounds who are seeking self or God-realization or awakening, and she also is the spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in San Jose, California. You can find out more about Yogacharya O'Brien's books and online programs at her author website, EllenGraceO'Brien.com. And again, O'Brien is O-B-R-I-A-N, EllenGraceO'Brien.com, and also at CSECenter.org. You can also follow her on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching for Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm really delighted to have you join me today on the Yoga Hour. Thank
0: you, Dr. Trujillo. It's a joy to be back and especially to have this topic that we have today, exploring the amazing life of Swami Sri Yukteswar. So I greet all of our listeners and subscribers with love. I'm so happy to be able to share with you today.
1: Before we begin our conversation about Swami Sri Yuktasvar, let's start with a yoga moment, a moment of contemplation. Aum. So let's begin by bringing our attention and awareness to our physical body. Feeling our body in space. No matter what we're doing, if we're sitting or standing or walking, just feeling the surfaces that support our weight. So feeling where our feet are. If we're sitting, what parts of our body are supported in the chair or on the cushion. And let's turn our attention to our breath. Just noticing as we take a fully conscious breath, the next inhale. And exhale. On the next inhale, feeling the cool air in the nostrils. And on the exhale, feeling how the air has been warmed as it passes through our lungs. And then continuing to follow our breath, not trying to change the natural flow, but just noticing. As we rest here, right where we are, here's something to contemplate. Inspiration from Swami Sri Yuktaswar. Ever new joy is God. Ever new joy is evidence of God's existence, convincing us to our very atoms. Also in meditation, we find God's instant guidance. God's adequate response to every difficulty. Sri Yukteswar also said, Love is God. If a person properly cultivates this ruling principle naturally implanted in their heart, they are sure to be on the right path to save themselves from wandering in the darkness. Love is God. If a person properly cultivates this ruling principle, naturally implanted in their heart, they are sure to be on the right path to save themselves from wandering in the darkness. Oh. Once again, Yogacharya O'Brien, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. Last week we discussed Lahiri Mahasaya, the father of our Kriya Yoga lineage, and today we are discussing another important Kriya Yoga Master, Swami Sri Yukteswar. But before we begin to discuss Sri Yukteswar's teaching and his life, I know that studying the lives of accomplished spiritual teachers is something that is recommended practice from Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, in particular, Sutra 137. Rajin Davis translates Sutra 137 as mental stability, can also be experienced by contemplating the states of consciousness and virtuous attitudes and behaviors of spiritually enlightened saints and sages. once again mental stability can also be experienced by contemplating the states of consciousness and virtuous attitudes and behaviors of spiritually enlightened saints and sages. Would you comment more about this? How, how can we learn from the yoga masters who are no longer with us? And what is the importance of learning their stories and their teachings?
0: There's so many blessings that come from studying the lives of saints and sages and spiritual masters in one's own tradition. Um, you know, when I uh, listened to my guru, Roy Eugene Davis's translation of that sutra um, about mental stability through contemplating the states of consciousness, virtuous attitudes and behaviors of enlightened saints and sages, um, there's certain things that we see, um, you know, in the Zen tradition, it said that you know to study with a master is to observe how he or she ties his shoes, uh, his shoelaces. You know, right? Be um, observant of the life itself because the consciousness, the elevated consciousness of a master. Uh, illumines the way in which they are engaging in, in everyday life. And so, you know, when I look at the life of uh, Sri Yukteswar, I see this illumined mind, this, you know, fit body, uh, disciplined life. And even though, you know, he was so, um, had great uh, breadth in his life, you know, there were many things he was engaged in and many people he was engaged with, many disciples that he fostered and supported in the field, um, and yet there was this um, quiet about him that you can perceive, you know, just from looking at his picture or reading his teaching. So. You know, as I was preparing to have this conversation with you, I was thinking how much he's he's like um, the Himalayan mountains. You know, mm-hmm. so such a spiritual giant. So coming back to why we would study, you know, obviously it um, inspires us to study the lives of the masters and to look at them in the sense, I think, of how did the teachings transform them? Mm -hmm. Because we get to see in the lives of the masters how engaging in deep study, deep sadhana and service changed their lives. Mm -hmm. And since the path is universal, You know, we ought to be able to apply that to ourselves and take on the teachings that they took on in in a sense in the way they took them on with great faith and earnestness and apply ourselves so that we, too, um, can be transformed by the teachings um also, I would say that for disciples um, on a particular path, studying the saints and sages in your path helps you understand more deeply about the path. you know, what uh, informs it, what inspires it, and you know what are the goals and aspirations of a of a path. And not just in terms of individual, fulfillment, you know, which we have on the path of Kriya Yoga, you know, that the teachings are there to um, support a person in self and God realization. But the paths um, have and Kriya Yoga has um, a trajectory of uh, purpose in the world. So as a disciple on the path, it's helpful to know uh, more about that path of world service and world transformation Mm -hmm. which you can find out you know more about as you study the lives of those who were in service of
1: that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you contemplate Sri Yukteswar's life what is one teaching or lesson that you have found important on your own spiritual journey (laughs) one (laughs) I thought there's going to be kind of other questions sort of like this in the show I thought well let's just start with one
0: (laughs) I know it's good it's just you know like I said it's so vast so I will start with one and I'll I'll start with what he I think felt to be his dharma his life mission which was to um, discover and help people know and experience the unity of religions and spiritual paths. And so you can see much of his life was dedicated to that. And as you talked about the Walden Award um, in the opening of the show, I, I kind of thought, oh, you know, I, I hope Sri Yukteswar would be pleased with that. Mm. <laughs> I think he probably yeah. would. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, you know, he he had this deep balance. He He wanted to show the unity of of not just religions, but also spiritual paths. So people on different paths of yoga, different sadhus, you know, he would bring together um, because he, he wanted, uh, he was curious and he also wanted people to get beyond their, you know, narrow minded sectarian differences and dive deep to the root. Um, But He didn't see the paths as all the same, which is a common mistake that newcomers to the path make. You know, they come and they say, oh, you know, they're all the same or, you know, Kriya Yoga is the same as this path. Well, no, the paths are not the same. And what he was dedicated to was showing the deep, mystical, unchanging truth that is at the root of many diverse and different Traditions, but in order to do that, um, it's necessary for one to be deeply grounded in their own path. And so I thought I'd share with you a quote from him that I think is important to recognizing how to go about this uh, study of the unity of paths. He said, Sit with everyone, listen to everyone with respect. Remember that a gem could be hidden even in ashes, but your own seat, meaning your own particular spiritual foundation, be very aware of that. Losing your own post and being five different ways from following the words of five different people won't get you anything, meaning one must believe in and be firmly established in the guru given sadhana. Only then can one taste the nectar from different flowers and create a chakra garland of nectar. Mm-hmm. So he was strongly anchored uh, in his Kriyasadhana, and that really enabled him to see the unity at the root of all paths. hmm
1: and I was just reflecting how lucky we all are that there are so many paths because not everybody's the same, obviously and and I mean to me, that's the blessing of having different paths, but also the necessity of respecting the um, the common route, as you said, and not you know, falling into the trap of feeling like this is the path, my path is the path for everyone. And that's one of the things I do I do really respect and admire about about the Kriya Yoga tradition.
0: Yeah, me too. And I and I liked um you know, I was attracted to the idea of unity. Um because I, you know, I couldn't tolerate the sectarian um bigotry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and there, that narrow-mindedness of you know our way is the only way. It didn't make sense to me, right. um, but it also took me a while to understand that. You know, we each have our own path, and we need to be able to go down into the depths of that path to where the unity actually exists. In trying to instead of trying to superimpose one path on another. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: So for our listeners who may not be as familiar with the life of Swami Sri Yukteswar, I would also take a moment just to point you to Yogananda's very important work, The Autobiography of a Yogi, and encourage everyone who has not read it yet to go ahead and read it, because there are many details about Sri Yukteswar's life there. Sri Yukteswar was a disciple or student of Lahiri Mahashaya, who we discussed last week. And Sri Yukteswar was the beloved guru of Paramahansa Yogananda. His monastic name was Swami Sri Yukteswar Giri, and it's important to point out that Sri is not a separate honorific but is part of Sri Yukteswar's name. Before taking up the monastic life, Priya Nath Karar, which was Sri Yukteswar's birth name, Priya Nath Karar, was a husband a father, and ran his family's business because Priyanath Karar's father had died young. His wife died early in their marriage, and their only daughter died soon after her marriage. In his youth, Priyanath Karar was educated in a Christian missionary college where he first developed an interest in the Bible. After becoming a Swami, Sri Yukteswar was a progressive minded figure in the 19th century in the Indian society where he lived and taught. He established syllabi for educational institutions and reanalyzed the Vedic astrological yugas, which we'll talk more about in a bit. Sri Yukteswar was noted for his sharp mind. And insightful knowledge, and he was a respected guru who regularly invited individuals from all social backgrounds to his ashrams to discuss and exchange ideas on a wide range of topics. Sri Yukteswar was also interested in the education of women, which was unusual at that time in the 19th century. In the foreword of Sri Yukteswar's book, The Holy Science, W.Y. Evans Wentz, the author of the Tibetan Book of the Dead, wrote, Sri Yukteswar was of gentle manner and voice, of pleasing presence and worthy of the veneration that his followers spontaneously accorded to him. Yogacharya O'Brien, coming back to your thoughts on him or your impression of Sri Yukteswar, what most inspires you about his life?
0: I think um, when I look at his life now, I mean, it might be a different answer uh, in another week because there's so many um, things about him and his life that are inspiring. But right now, you know, I would say um, his servant quality, um, you know, his keen intellect, his curiosity, but you know, my, my guru said at one point to me, you know, just kind of like um, we were just in a conversation, I don't know, about things. And he just said, you know, uh, Kriya Yoga is Karma Yoga,
1: mm-hmm.
0: meaning this mystical path of great, you know, insight into the nature of reality and uh the true nature of the self is a life of service and um, people often don't realize that they think you know i want kriya yoga because yoga is going to give me mystical experience but the culmination of mystical experiences my guru was pointing out to me with that comment is service and that was really the life of um sri yuk and he he was known to be, you know, very exacting with his disciples, you know, he would correct them and, um, was known in some sense to be stern, but he was really training them, um, to be awake, you know, and to be conscious of how you, uh, work in the world. And, um, so he, he said, to become great, one has to be attentive to whatever situation one may be in. Mm. That's a beautiful way of seeing, you know, the fruits of a mystical practice. To become great, one has to be attentive to whatever situation one may be in. So that's not only the situation that we're in, in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being attentive to what are the needs of this moment, whether it's your own physical bodily need, um, whether it's a need in relationship, in your home, in your workplace, but also what is the need of the time that we're Mm -hmm. living in? And we're living in, you know, such an interesting time at the the edge of this um, time of pandemic and global unrest and climate change. And so, you know, being attentive to the situation that we're in is a high calling at this time. Mm -hmm. It's really important. Um, So I just, I would like like to offer a quote also uh, along these lines in terms of our approach to being in the world. And um, Sri Yukteswar said, if there is some work that must be done, then one should not be disrespectful and careless toward that work. Because that disrespectful attitude can plant a seed of disrespect in the mind. In other words, it reflects your own self-sense, right? The religious path is not just meditation and concentration. Without regulating the entire life properly, it is not possible for a normal person to realize the highest ideals. So, you know, there's this... um, balance in life that he stressed, you know, which had to do with disciplined living um, that, that is at the base of, you know, all that we do, paying attention, paying attention to what the need of the moment is and how to do it in the most conscious, uh, highest way.
1: Mm, lovely. Sri Yukteswar's major book, The Holy Science, which is still available today, um, compares scripture from the Hindu tradition with scripture from the Christian Bible. Sri Yukteswar wrote in the introduction, the purpose of this book is to show as clearly as possible that there is an essential unity in all religions, that there is no difference in the truths inculcated by the various faiths, that there is but one method by which the world, both external and internal, has evolved, and there is but one goal admitted by all scriptures, which we, we touched on, that this was his one of his main uh, approaches. Why was it important, particularly at that time in the 19th century, to articulate the unity between religious traditions? And then what resonance does that have with us today? And I, I should mention, we've only got about Yeah, so you want to go ahead and say something, Uma, and he'll he'll fix this up after. Oh, okay. take out this.
0: So um, I kind of lost track of where we were, so about why it was important to articulate the unity of these two religious traditions. Um, Well, you know, that was really his life work, um, to show unity among the traditions. And as I mentioned earlier, he... He wanted people to be able to get beyond small-mindedness or narrow uh, sectarianism that doesn't allow people to go deep enough um, into realizing truth and, and in a sense, be able to transform society. Um, And so, you know, we can see in the age that we're living in the problems that arise from, um, you know, religious bigotry and um, sectarianism. And so to be able to honor the diverse paths, um, hold to your own and see a great unity recognition of one
1: reality um, is a key to world peace. Mm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and host of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about the teachings of Swami Sri Yukteswar.
0: Discover the Power Within, Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, Insights and Practices for
1: Spiritually Conscious Living. This is Dr. Laurel Trujillo. The host and producer of the yoga hour and i'm here with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien talking about the life of swami shri Yukteswar. and yogacharya right before the break we were talking about the importance of shri yukdaswar's book the holy science so let's pick that up again can you speak a bit more about the importance of the holy the book the holy science Well, well, you know, I would say
0: probably the main thing is that in reading this, it's really a scripture that Sri Yukteswar wrote. Um, He wrote it in the traditional style of um, Sanskrit sutras, which he then translated. So he's not translating on another work. It's his original work. And um, it's an opportunity to experience many things. One, his consciousness. And so what surprised me when I dove into that book, of course, um, the depth of it was not surprising. But some of the conclusions were interesting to me, given that he's really known as a um, Gyan avatar, uh, incarnation of wisdom. And, you know, we just look at his picture and you can see, you know, the wisdom scientist, um, the great um, heights of his intellect. But when you read holy science, what um, comes through loud and clear is his understanding that love is essential to realization. Mm-hmm. And so that said so much to me about how this mystical path, in a sense, balanced his nature and is an invitation to balance ours. So when when you read Holy Science, um, and he's looking into the heart of um, a Hinduism, of Sanatana Dharma, and the mystical teachings in Christianity in the book of Revelations, um, at the depth, what, what you see is that love leads to wisdom and wisdom culminates in love. And so mm, there's some, hmm. you know, beautiful um, teachings in there where, you know, like he says, Shraddha is intensification of the heart's natural love. So faith comes from this innate uh, draw of the soul towards spirit. Mm. Um, and he says, you know, when this love becomes developed, it makes one able to understand the real position of his own self as well as of others uh, surrounding him. And he talks about how when you have this developed love, you know, and it begins to open in you, um, that is what leads you to a guru. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just an inkling of it, as I can say in my own case, you know, that just the faith that I had that led me uh, to find my teacher. Mm -hmm. Had its root in love god not a developed it wasn't developed at that point but it was certainly there
1: Mm. lovely one of the things I appreciate about the book the holy science is that Sri Yuktaswar discusses the yugas which are yuga is a um, sanskrit word translated as epoch or age and I think for me rather than the particular place we are in that cycle is that it's an ascending cycle that this is part of an ascending cycle or as we've said an awakening world that we're part of an awakening world so would you comment a bit more about that about the yugas and and what how you view their importance
0: uh in in the same way you know to to i i think You know, what first came to me in being exposed to this Vedantic uh, Vedic teaching about uh, the yugas is looking at the bigger picture of life, literally, you know, the cosmological um, bigger picture. And so that in and of itself was uh, a revolution to me, you know, where... We can become so um, focused on our individual life, the time that we're living in, that knowledge of the yugas or the ages that occur, you know, over millions and millions of years um, has us, you know, find our place in the great scheme of this divine life and divine Vision that's so much bigger than what we are. So it gives us perspective
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that way. And also, um, you know, as you and I were talking earlier, it, it gives us hope to, you know, know that, you know, our world is an evolving, unfolding um, activity of God. And, you know, Sri Yukteswar, as a, a scientist and as an astrologer, you know, found some errors in the almanacs, in the astrological almanacs, which culminated in him making some adjustments to the perspective of the age that we're living in, which led to the vision that we are in Dwapara um, Yuga, which is an ascending age where consciousness is being unveiled. And he pointed to, you know, several scientific, Um, occurrences that that gave us you know proof of that Mm -hmm. and um, so today we see that more strongly you know like our ability to um, you know have the world wide web that would show you know the oneness of life is space travel Mm -hmm. you know all these advances in science are harmonious with the um, indications of consciousness itself um, awakening. Now, when we look at our world, we, we can also have the opposite point of view, that humanity does not seem to be evolving, evolving at all, but in mm-hmm. fact, you know, going backwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yet, when you look at the ages that, you know, these occur over thousands of years, you can see that we are in the early stages of awakening. So we're, we're living in a time when there are more people spiritually asleep in the world uh, than there are people who are spiritually awake. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the, the cause of problems. And uh, it also means you know that it's important for those who are spiritually awake, Um, not necessarily to try to convince others of their path, but to really let their light uh, shine in the world. You know, we all have a contribution to make in our awakening world.
1: As I mentioned to you over the brief break we had there, this is an idea or thought that I find very calming as I see something that's happening in the world that I find to be very upsetting to me that seems as you said that we're going the wrong way (laughs) that I can remember that this is part of the awakening process that this is part of the awakening process and it feels very calming to me to be able to view things from that perspective and it's hopeful and brings me hope and that's why (laughs) that's why I wanted to bring it up. Last week, when we were speaking about Lahiri Mahashaya, we talked about the guru-disciple relationship and Yogananda's loving relationship with Sri Yukteswar, which, is, which he wrote about real, so beautifully in Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, Yogananda said, wrote, my relationship with Sri Yukteswar was somewhat inarticulate. Quietly sitting beside him, I would feel his bounty pouring peacefully over my being. And Triyukhtaswar said, to keep company with the guru is not only to be in his physical presence, as this is sometimes impossible, but mainly means to keep him in our hearts and to be one with him in principle and to attune ourselves with him. So would you speak more about this inarticulate relationship or attunement with the guru?
0: I can say that... It's true, you know, based on my experience with my own guru, you know, the guru disciple relationship in the Kriya Yoga tradition is dedicated, you know, to um, self and God realization. And so the relationship itself. Becomes a point of contact for our highest aspirations. So, if you if you have that connection and that purpose, you know, even whenever you think of the guru, you're reminded of your purpose in this life. Mm. But also, um, when you have a guru who is steeped in the um, higher states of consciousness, and you have the opportunity to meditate or study with that teacher then that experience creates um, positive impressions in the mental field, you know, Mm -hmm. so that that becomes like, you know, we could say a soul memory um, so that when you're not in the presence of the teacher, you still have that experience that you, that you draw from. So even though my Guruji has, you know, left his body, you know, I still feel uh, I can meditate with him, <laughs> not only mm. because consciousness is not limited to the physical body, so you know we are able to commune, um, but also because of those um, imprints of higher states of consciousness that uh, he shared with me and the experiences that I had in his um, presence. I, I've been reading um, a memoir. By the poet laureate of the United States, uh, Joy, Joy Harjo. Um, it's called poet poet warrior, and she's a you know Native American, and she talks in the book a lot about how important it is to have teachers in life and to have that sacred relationship and what we what we learn. And <coughs> excuse me, she had one line there she said even standing next to the teacher we learn Mm -hmm. and Mm. I really appreciated that because I could relate to it and I think it has to do with the receptivity that we bring the love that we bring that is you know love for God that is the connecting um factor and Sri Yukteswar um commented that um you know, he would have these experiences with uh, his guru, Lahiri Mahashaya, where, you know, he felt that perhaps when he was at a satsang, uh, where the conversation at the satsang would just be lighthearted and joking. And, you know, he, at the time he would think, well, you know, we're not studying very deeply here. <laughs> it's just, <you> know, <laughs> yeah. a rather mundane conversation. But then he would come away from having been with his guru to see that his deepest questions had actually been answered, or there was some revelation that would occur. And often, you know, how we see this um, manifest, and it happened to me many times, you know, I would be studying on my own, I would have so many questions about this or that, or about the work that I the service I was doing. And, then I would have a meeting with my guru and I, and the questions would be gone. You know, or I would sit with him in a, in a class and I had no questions, um, because everything was answered by the consciousness that I
1: could access in his presence. Mm. That's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, story. Paramahansa Yogananda said of his guru Sri Yukteswar, My own temperament is principally devotional. It was disconcerting at first to find that my guru, saturated with jnana, or wisdom, but seemingly dry of bhakti, or devotion, expressed himself chiefly of cold spiritual mathematics. But as I attuned myself to his nature, I discovered no diminishing but rather an increase in my devotional practice to God. A self-realized master is fully able to guide his various disciples along the natural lines of their essential bias. So this quote from Yogananda points to the four classical types of yoga, jnana yoga, the path of wisdom, bhakti yoga, the path of devotion, karma yoga, the path of selfless service, and raja yoga, the path of meditation and technique. These four paths of yoga allow people of different temperaments to approach yoga in different ways. Sri Yukteswar understood and respected those temperament types as he worked with his students. So how is it helpful for us to understand our own temperament as we study and practice to experience self and God realization?
0: The understanding of temperament gives us um, permission in a sense, to follow our own heart and soul inclination. Um, But I've I've often seen that as we remain steadfast on the path, we we learn more about ourselves than we originally uh, had insight into. So, um, yes. the ideal of the path, you know, with its different um, temperament types and different avenues for expression is to find balance um, Mm. in our nature. And so often, you know, people will think that their temperament is of one kind only to discover that, you know, hidden below that is a depth. Um, of another quality and mm-hmm. with regard to Sri Yukteswar you know, he of course was a master of wisdom but, but um, you know, he was not devoid of bhakti and, and mm-hmm. you know, just as I said, all you have to do is read holy science and it's infused with um, divine love, with his heart quality and when you look at his life, you see that he was a karma yogi, that he served people everywhere. He established so many groups. He brought people together um, to study and to practice. And, of course, he was a master of the states of consciousness. So, um, you know, he Raja Yoga uh, was also there with him. So when we look at the lives of masters, you know, like him, and even, of course, in Yogananda's life as well, we see that the temperament becomes balanced.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I enjoyed about reading about Triyukta Swar in The Autobiography of a Yogi was that he was the source of this idea. He planted this idea for Yogananda to to teach and to start a teaching center, which Yogananda, at least from Autobiography of a Yogi, didn't seem like he was really thinking along those lines or valuing that experience. Sri Yukteswar said, God is the honey. Organizations are the hives. Both are necessary. And then of course, Yogananda goes off and found his first school is in India. And then subsequently, of course, all the um, subsequent organizations that he like self-realization fellowship, etc. So did this, Advice from Sri Yukteswar influenced you when you became when you began the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment.
0: I would say that it encouraged me. Um, I had a natural inclination, you know, even in my childhood, to bring people together and to form groups um, for study or practice, whatever <laughs> you know, whatever it was about. That was just natural to me. And so when I saw um, that that was really what Sri Yukteswar did, you know, and of course he did it for higher purpose, um, that was very encouraging to me. And when we see, you know, Yogananda's uh, strength of building uh, organizations, you know, so much that he did in such a short period of time, we can see how... Um, Yukteswarji had planted those seeds in him and demonstrated for him the importance of, um, of groups and organizations. And um, I have a, a quote uh, from Sri Yukteswar about that to share with you that I think is helpful. He said, it is necessary to form holy groups among ourselves for the health of our ideals and sadhana, for the correction of delusions arising from negligence in our own groups, for the expansion and magnanimity of mind, and to introduce people to the path of truth that we found. It was important to organize general conferences or large and inclusive gatherings. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, he, he, he formed so many different groups, satsang groups, you know, where people were studying, you know, Kriya Yoga teachings together. Um, but then also groups of sadhus and, uh, spiritual leaders in which they could discuss and again, come back to finding, um, the harmony at the, at the root of their traditions. Mm. Um, so he saw, you know, satsang as, uh, as critical to our learning. So we don't become too complacent or somehow, you know, that feel that our awakening awakening is an individualized um, matter. You know, he, he he said, you know, self-realization is not selfish realization. So he, he, he liked the idea of meeting in groups so that we could learn um, from one another so that we could introduce other people to the teachings and that we, you know, could grow together in harmony. Mm.
1: Unbelievably, we're coming to the last few minutes. We have about two and a half minutes to go uh, before the ending closing announcements. So as we do that, as we bring this to a close, what are some words of encouragement or inspiration that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Oh, I think
0: I should leave those
1: words to Sri Yukteswarji.
0: You know, he said, living life easily, playing and laughing is success, of course, <laughs> meaning having a happy life and being successful. But underneath all of it, one must remember not to cheat oneself. Mm-hmm. Above all, to be true to thyself, meaning always remain authentic. And when I read those words, I, I, I think about, you know, him pointing to, you know, one can be successful in the world. But if you don't, if you're not in touch with the truth of your own being and in connection with that, what your dharma is, you um, why you are here and what it is that you have to contribute, um, then your life cannot be called um, a success.
1: Mm. Very worthy of reflection, I think. Worthy (laughs) of reflecting on our dharma, our, our role in this life and what, what we are here to do and as we've talked about the connection of course to realizing who we are and why we're here um when you were speaking about the the small groups that you just founded it it struck me that we should mention that people can still sign up for this upcoming live the eternal way Experience, which is an online course that you can find at Yogacharya's website. Yogacharya, I'm sorry, it's just EllenGraceO'Brien.com. EllenGraceO'Brien.com, and there are small groups that study groups that are available for people to sign up with at various times of the day and of the week. So check that out at CSECenter.org. The the registration for those small groups closes, I think, in a few days this Sunday. Um, So. Do it today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for for mentioning that. It's something, you know, where CSE is celebrating this year, um, our 40th year of service. And um, that has been consistent throughout the years of the ministry, which is, you know, um, according to this vision to bring people together to study, uh, to meditate together and to discuss um so it it is uh an important part of the path because it it can deepen your experience and your your understanding and we we don't forget what we experience Mm -hmm. you know we may if we're just reading um spiritual books that we may be you know taking in some content but we forget that easily uh, unless there's some experience
1: yes pleasure to share this time with you i'm dr laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show and i've been discussing the life and legacy of the great kriya yoga master swami shri Yukteswar with yoga hours founder and spiritual director yogacharya ellen grace o'brien yogacharya o'brien is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher author poet and the founder and spiritual director of the center for spiritual enlightenment in san jose california you can learn more about her upcoming programs, books, and classes at her website, ellengraceobryan.com. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram at ellengraceobryan, and you can hear many of her online talks on her YouTube channel, ellengraceobryan. You can check our website, theyogahour.com, and we will be posting links to the things that we've mentioned to Yogacharya's website, etc. We also encourage you to join us for the many online programs offered by Yogacharya O'Brien and the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, particularly the ongoing meditations in the morning from 6:30 to 7:30 a.m. Pacific, in the afternoons from 4 to 4:30 p.m. Pacific, and Sunday satsangs from 10 to 11. Next time, I will be with Zoketsu Norman Fisher, a Zen priest, teacher, poet, and author who will join me to discuss what is it to live this human life in a spiritual way. Remember to subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to the team. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now.